Today on the Providence Crier podcast, the Providence Friars, I think, are officially back. Uh, coming off a crazy win against Marquette in Milwaukee, 81-80. to We'll get to that. We'll preview the Butler game. But first, let's eat. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The, oh, the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall, he is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Wednesday, January 8th, it's Mike Surrett, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, at uh, Providence Crier. Also read the blog, that's theprovidencecrier.wordpress.com. Like I said, the Friars, I believe, are officially back. What a game it was against Marquette. Um, Game got over about an hour ago here from when I'm recording. Um, a- another thriller in the Marquette PC series. I mean, I gotta say, when these two teams meet, like crazy stuff happens. You know, you think about all the way back to uh, um, Jeff Xavier's brother coming onto the court. We had that game. We had, you know, uh, Marcus Howard, who we'll get to. Uh, scoring 52 points against us that one time. We had the game where there was a bat at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee. And another crazy game, which this game was a lot like, uh, was in 2014, I believe. Um, The Friars won, like tonight, 81-80. But that time was at the dunk against Marquette, a double overtime game. And... um, that was the one where Devontae Gardner, of all people, hit a three-fourths, uh, three-quarters court shot to seem to be the game winner. I believe that was in regulation or in overtime. I don't quite remember, but uh, luckily that one didn't go, and the Friars ended up getting a win in that one, just like tonight, 81-80. But man, I mean, talk about a team that was left for dead and... All of a sudden here, the Friars got a ton of momentum. Uh, in terms of the game, uh, second game in a row where it was really awesome, hard-fought game, really both ways around. Uh, both teams played pretty well in this one. Um, you know, the Friars came out hot early. You know, if you had read the blog, I had mentioned I would hope that Marquette was kind of resting on their laurels coming off their big win against Villanova. And certainly, in the start of the game, it certainly seemed that way. Um, the Friars got off to 
a, a, a sizable early lead. I mean, nothing crazy. I think they were up as many. I think they got up to double digits at one point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, a, after the Friars' quick start, uh, Marquette picked up the pace a little bit. End up going into half tied. Um, or, excuse me, down. Or Friars were up five. Um, so they had that big lead and they kind of squandered it at the end there. And um, Marquette caught a lucky basket right before uh, the halftime buzzer sounded. But the second half then was an absolute war. Uh, Marquette comes out, they go on a massive run. I believe it was like 16 to 3 or something like that. Um, and they extended the lead to 8, and you thought, oh man, here we go. Um, on the road, team has all the, the, the home team has all the momentum, and you're thinking, you know, good effort in the first half, but this, this won't be our night. But the Friars, man, they stuck around, clawed, fought, um, and found themselves in a position late in the game to execute down the stretch. And for the second time in a row, again, it wasn't perfect, um, but the Friars were able to make big plays when it mattered and ultimately got the job done. Um, you know, the game was just... It was crazy, and to have um, the Friars have a chance to, to cut into leads twice, I believe, and Dell turned the ball over both times uh, down the stretch, and you thought, oh, you know, here they go again, you know, making the bad plays down the stretch. But then A.J. Reeves, man, what a three that was. I, I, I've been saying it, and I've been saying it. You know, A.J. just needs to get that, that swagger back, and I think that shot will go a long way in doing that. Um, that looked like the A.J. Reeves that buried that three against BC last year uh, in non-conference play at um, at Chestnut Hill. So, I mean, huge bucket for him. He also pulled in five more points in the overtime session. Um, he hit a big three, and then they came back down. They drilled the three. Brandon Bailey, I believe it was. And, I mean, just an awesome game all around. Um Really good watch. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of the game, the Friars are in a position again, up three late. And Khalif Young, again, for the second game in a row, uh, ends up fouling a guy shooting a three. Last time I didn't think it was a foul. This time certainly was. Khalif uh, kind of banged into the guy. And so Brandon Bailey steps up at the line, down three, hits the first. Hits the second, and then misses the third. Friars end up getting the rebound. Get up to Malik White, who's fouled. Um, he goes to the other end of the court and misses the first one. And then at that point, you're thinking to yourself, with 1.7 seconds left, you might as well just miss this one as well. He does. The tip goes awry. Game over. Friars get the W. They're fourth in a row. And, I mean, they are rolling right now. Um, you know, Marcus Howard had a great game, again, against the Friars. He loves to, to own us, you know, in the stat sheet. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, he had a great game. I believe he, let's see, how many he finished with, like, 39? Was it 39? Yeah, he finished with 39 points. So, I mean, the, the guy's a terrific basketball player. Um, great, you know, all-time scorer in college basketball. But, I mean, to shoot... 33 times and, and only have two assists. I mean, come on. Um, you know, 
I had tweeted, I was watching Marquette against uh, Creighton, and there's a time in the game where the team was down in the first half. He comes back in towards the end of the first and then just jacks the next seven shots for Marquette. And it seemed like none of the other guys even touched the ball. Um, and, you know, he gets into those positions a lot of times, now especially without guys like the Hauser brothers where he just plays hero ball and just forces stuff. And, I mean, credit him. He had 39 points. I mean, I'm not going to totally shit on the guy, but, like, dude, like, you're going to take 33 shots and only assist on two made baskets for your teammates? Like, come on. There's no wonder why the Hauser brothers transferred because, like, who would want to play with a guy that just takes up almost half of the shots your team's going to take? Like, it's crazy. Um, But... The Friars in this one, you know, they end up getting crushed on the glass. I actually thought they did a good job rebounding the ball. I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they had the rebounding edge in the first half because, um, you know, Marquette was missing a lot of shots. And it seemed like Marquette was going one and done, especially early in the first half. Um, you know, I, I think the Friars do a good job with team rebounding. Um, sometimes it doesn't always work out. Sometimes they end up, like, tipping it away and it, they just play, like, freaking volleyball with it, and it's frustrating. But as a whole, I mean, they don't have that elite rebounder on their team, so they got to rely on a lot of guys, and a lot of guys chip in the rebounding department. So um, I thought they were doing work on the glass early, but clearly the box score says otherwise with them getting out-rebounded by seven uh, to Marquette. But, I mean, not much to complain about from the Friars. I mean... They had turnovers, but to only have 10 on the road, I mean, that's not that's not terrible. Um, I thought they did a good, decent job of taking care of the basketball. I thought three-point line, they made the timely threes, right? I mean, um, you know, to have one to send it to overtime, to have another in overtime, um, you know, they were hitting threes early and then cooled off for a great portion of the game. I don't think they hit one in the second half until that A.J. reached three. So, just a money shot by him. Um, but another great win with a real good team win. Um, saw a lot of guys contribute. Malik White, again, he's starting to, you know, the way he's playing now, you might ask, should he be in the starting line? If it were me, I'll just keep it rolling the way it is. I mean, he's your spark plug off the bench. That's what his role was designed to be going into the season. Um, so that that's what I would stick with. But um, he's really starting to turn on offensively and get that confidence that he can be that spark plug off the bench. Uh, he finishes with 19 tonight, uh, you know, 2 of 5 from 3, but he's very aggressive driving the ball, um, was able to get to the line for 13 free throws. Um, so that, that was great to see. Um like Pipkins, he really he was probably the one Friar that, that didn't really contribute that played a decent amount. Uh, he ends up at one point, but he's in foul trouble a lot. And with the way Malik White was going, you know, he wasn't going to uh, get much burn tonight. But, um, you know, Duke chips in with 12. Diallo does the same. Nate Watson at times looked unguardable in the post. Uh, he ends up with 13 points. Adrian Reeves chips and 10 more. So, I mean... Just a great team win uh, and another win that this team can build on and really get a ton of momentum going into 
uh, as we continue here through January and into February. Um, you know, at this point, are like are they back in the tournament picture? Probably not quite yet, but I mean, this win certainly vaults you right back up into starting to get back into that conversation. Um, so, just a huge win. I mean, for Marquette, if you look at their side, for the other guys that shot the ball, uh, Sakira, a name, he was pretty useless for most of the game, but then he had a couple buckets late um, uh, down the stretch there. And then Brandon Bailey, I was pretty impressed by him. He went four of six from three. Um, long, tall guy, I believe he's like 6'9". Um, I think they got a good player in Bailey. He, he poured in 19 points, but that was pretty much it for the rest of their offensive production. Uh, Kobe McEwen going in, that's supposed to be uh, Howard's number two guy. He doesn't have a good game. He goes 2 of 10 from the floor, 5 points. So, um, you know, the Friars did a good job on the other guys and kind of fell into what I hoped would happen, and that was to let Marcus Howard try and play hero ball and, you know, see where that takes you. Um, Howard also had four turnovers, including one in the first half where he throws it away and just doesn't even get back, allowing Malik White to get an N1. So that was that, that was pretty great. Uh, and then, you know, through the game, I was on Twitter. Kyron Cartwright tweeted how he can't – he's a liability defensively, can't guard soul. I mean, Howard's a fantastic player. You know, definitely one of the best that we have in college basketball. But he's a one-dimensional player. He all he can do is score. He can't handle the ball well. He can't sub his teammates that well. Um, so, I mean, I, I just think, to me, I, I don't know if I want that guy on my team. I'm gonna be honest. Guy that takes 33 shots in a college basketball game. Come on, like that's insane. Um, you know. Their big bruiser, Theo John, he had a such a Theo John-type game. Uh, 14 minutes, 0 points, 4 rebounds, 5 fouls. That guy's a foul machine. Um, so, Theo John, you know, a lot of people in Marquette expected him to be the enforcer, but I mean, he can barely stay on the court with all these fouls. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, again, I, I can't stress enough how... I didn't think they were going to get this one. I, I'll be honest, I really didn't. Um, Marquette, historically, tough place to play for the Friars. Um, although now I believe they've won their three of their last four trips at Marquette. But um, typically a house of horrors. You know, the Friars coming off a tough win against Paul on the road. To expect them to go back on the road and, you know, put together a similar performance was asking a lot. But they stepped up to the challenge and... Man, was that awesome to see. Um, so, here we are. Setting up a huge matchup on Friday at the dunk against Butler. We'll get a preview of that. But before we do, let's get a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Alright, we are back at the Province Crier Podcast. So, okay, PC gets the massive win against Marquette. 81-80, and now the table is set. The Friars sit alone in first place in the Bees at 3-0. And on Friday, number six Butler comes into town to take on your Friars 
tip-offs at 9 p.m. And, man, do I got to tell you, the dunk, I know it. It's going to be rocking. Uh, coming off the four-game win streak, starting conference play 3-0, after all this, uh, all the teams gone through earlier in the season, um, you know this crowd's going to be hungry coming to the dunk. And on top of that, the tip's at 9 p.m., which I personally like because, you know, as much as I would love the, you know, the Friars to be, Friartown to be a family-friendly f- oriented atmosphere, um, <clears throat> there's nothing quite like the dunk at a late start where you have an adult crowd, a rowdy crowd. So, really excited for that. Um, I, we played Xavier, um, I think it was on a Tuesday, uh, but it was a 9 p.m. tip um, a few years back, and that was one of the louder dunk atmospheres I've been a part of. So I can only imagine, you know, you have another top 10 team coming into town. Um, you know, the dunk is going to be a house of horrors. And, you know, I, in the blog post that I posted before uh, today's game, um, the you know, I didn't think the Friars were going to beat Marquette, but if they did... Pray for Butler, because they're walking into an absolute buzzsaw right now. Um, the Friars are on fire, and I, I know for a fact the dunk is going to be roll, uh, rocking. So, um, you know, personally, you know, we'll break down the, the Butler roster, but I don't even have to get to a prediction. I, I think the Friars are going to show out uh, in this game. Um, you know, Butler's a very good team, but just the way things are going – the way I, I know the dunk's going to be rocking, like, there's no way the Friars are going to lose this game. Um, so there, there's your prediction for you. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, Butler's a very good team this year. They have the number six ranking for a reason. Um, I was reading, like, a, a bunch of the, the national publications, like ESPN, CBS, they were having their bracketology have Butler be a one seed. So crazy start for, for Butler they're 14 and one um, you know th- their only loss being a one point loss to uh, at Baylor and that was a game in which they trailed by 16 points and came back and, and made a real game um, so currently they're on a five game win streak um, in that game, since that game against Baylor um, like I said down 16 points I believe Kamara Baldwin had a chance to win it for Butler, but his shot got blocked. But um, since then, they've rattled off five straight, including uh, 2-0 in conference, a road win at St. John's to open up Big East play, and then um, they most recently pretty much handled Creighton pretty easily at home uh, this past weekend. Um, You know, I actually watched a decent amount of that St. John's uh, Butler game. It was after the prior game, um, their opener against Georgetown, so, um, you know, we were flipping back and forth, you know, we had it on uh, during our New Year's Eve party, but um, the Butler Bulldogs built a 23-point lead in that game, and only saw it fade away, Um, but St. John's frenetic pace under Mike Anderson, which, by the way, I I do want to say, I've mentioned this on the pod before, but I really like the Mike Anderson hire at St. John's. Um, I think it was an unconventional one, kind of out of the box. Uh, a lot of people scratched their heads because 
Mike Anderson, you know, not from the East Coast. He doesn't have any of those East Coast ties. Um, but I think his style of run and gun could do wonders in a place like New York. And I think a lot of kids in New York want to play that style of basketball. So um, I think St. John's will be on the up and up. But in that game, uh, Butler gets the huge lead. St. John's comes roaring back in the second half. It was a crazy comeback. Um, and the Johnnies actually got a lead and looked like they were going to go ahead and win it. But Butler made a ton of tough plays down the stretch, um, key baskets, and they got the win. So um, the, the, this Butler team, I mean, definitely seemed like a way tougher out than Butler teams in the past. They seemed like a more tenacious team, a more gritty team. Um, me personally, I've always viewed Butler as kind of soft, or at least since they've come to the Big East. Um, you know, I, I, maybe it's because they're not an original member or something, but I don't know. I, I just I think they're typically have soft teams. But, um, you know, in that game that I watched against St. John's, showed a lot of toughness in that one. Um, I, I didn't catch the Baylor game. But um, I heard that that was a pretty epic comeback that they had there. So um, a really tough team. And really, I mean, you, look, you go through their schedule, um, you know, 14 wins already. Um, they've had some, some quality, quality wins. Um, they were able to beat Purdue recently. Uh, that game was played in Indianapolis, well, where the Pacers play. I guess Butler's in Indianapolis too, right? But, um, but yeah, they won that game. They beat in Stanford. They beat in Minnesota. Um, they beat in Missouri. I mean, all those teams are, are, are bigger names than what their actual basketball teams may be this year. But still quality wins. Um, beat Ole Miss on the road. Uh, they handled Florida, which was obviously a team that absolutely demolished the Friars uh, in Barclays Center. So, um, I mean, this this Butler team so far is tested and, and proven. I, I just, like, in all honesty, I just don't think they're the number six team in the country. I mean, let's be honest. Like, do you actually think Butler will finish out the year as a one seed in a top ten ranking? No, probably not. Um, you know, they got a good team. They got a veteran team. But, I mean, these guys aren't, like, world beaters. Like, um you know, they do have a win against Wofford. They're a tough uh, mid-major squad. Um, so, I mean, definitely impressive, the, the, the body of work that they've had so far. But, I mean, I just go into this game. I, again, I, I think the Friars end up rolling in this one just because of the momentum factor and the fact that, you know, now you got Butler, they're being talked about in the press and all this. You know, maybe that gets to their heads a little bit. This is their first game since their number six ranking, which, in fact, is highest in school history, um, which kind of surprised me a bit just because of the teams that Brad Stevens had at Butler uh, before they joined the Big East with Gordon Hayward. Um, I'm blanking on the guard's name. That'll kill me. But uh, um, those Butler squads were, were pretty damn good. Um they had that guy, Roosevelt Jones. Those are in the later years. Uh, you know, I believe he played in the Bees. Uh, he's a great player. Liked him. But, I mean, you look at their roster and, you know, 
they're led by Kamal, Kamal Baldwin, who is definitely an all-conference player. Like, the guy is a beast. Um, going into the year, they actually, I, I believe he was coming off injury. He, he didn't play in the Pan Am games. I don't know if that was because Butler um, was was in a tournament or something, um, or it was, in fact, his injury. Because I believe he started the year hurt, and, you know, at a, they were kind of easing him in. So I, I won't give him too much um, flack for that. But he actually had a three-game stretch recently um, against Southern Purdue and uh, Louisiana Monroe where he scored a combined 10 points um, on 4 of 28 shooting. Now, he's had some head-scratching games. Um, so so that, that could be interesting. But he's a definitely a dynamic scorer. Feels like he's been at Butler forever. Um just like one of those guys who just never leaves college. Um, but, you know, that, like those, the, I don't know. If you're a top conference player, everyone has a bad game, but three game stretch against, you know, Purdue's good, but the other two teams aren't very good. Um, and to put up those kind of numbers, kind of questionable. But uh, no doubt, he, he's a nasty player. I'm, I'm a big fan of Baldwin. And I expect to have a ton of David Duke guarding him, like we saw in the Marquette game. Duke was all over Marcus Howard. Um, and luckily for Duke, I, I think Baldwin's more kind of on his athleticism and size. They're more similar. So I think he may have an easier time against Baldwin than he would against a guy like Howard who's, you know, very – you know, very quick, but he's undersized and, and uses quickness to, to get by guys and then finish at the rim. Um, you know, but but give Duke a ton of credit in that game against Marquette. He, even if Howard goes off, he ends up fouling out too, but I thought overall he, he made Howard work for a lot of his stuff. So um, I would expect Duke to be all over Bowen, and then, you know, we'll put Malik White or, or Luan Pipkins covering Aaron Thompson. Um Aaron Thompson's a two-guard. Um, in the past, I've, I've kind of shit on him. kind of feel bad. Uh, I, I, I've said some things about Aaron Thompson. Uh, I just kind of think he, he's kind of a useless player. But this year, he's kind of making me eat my words. Um, he, he's a guy that, that has a role, and he knows his role, and he actually plays really well. Um, you know, seven points per game this year. So he's up to scoring. Before, he's like he was like a four-point per game guy that gets like 30 minutes so what do you expect of course I'm gonna rag on the guy but uh, this year he's up that scoring 7.1 um, I, I believe he leads the Big East I could be wrong but in assists per game at 5.3 um, and then he also gets 3.7 rebounds so he's like the ultimate glue guy for that team um, they're also led by senior Sean McDermott uh, undersized big guy but he, he can shoot the three he's second in the team in scoring um, but, you know, they have a lot of role guys that just chip in. They're actually kind of similar to the Friars at this point. Um, you know, not a guy that's leading, you know, the conference or, or the nation, like, for, for Marcus Howard, I guess. But uh, they don't have, like, a, a superstar scorer, although Kamar Bowling can be that at times. Um you know, they kind of get contributions from everyone. He's only averaging 14.7. Um, so, so they have a lot of guys chipping in. 
Um, Bryce Nazee, a transfer from UW-Milwaukee. He's actually given them a great lift on the glass. Um, the big man gets 7.1 rebounds per game. Um, so, you know, he's a grad transfer for them. That's paid dividends. Um, so, and then you look at a guy like Jordan Tucker, who, uh, former McDonald's All-American, played at Duke, transferred over to, to um, Butler. He, he was eligible last year. Um, kind of a bust. I kind of feel bad for saying it, but he's a useful player for them. He gets like nine a game. Um, and he actually had a few good games against the Friars last year. Uh, he, he won for 15 in their loss against us in the first round of the Big East tournament last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, he's certainly a player. It's just certainly not the player people expected, but that's for sure. But um, they also have Derek, uh, Rick Smith's kid, Derek. Uh, Rick Smith's played in the NBA on the Pacers. One of the best nicknames in the NBA, the Duncan Dutchman. That may be one of the best nicknames in sports, if we're being honest. Um, Rick Smith's kid, Derek, he's on the team as well. We'll probably see him for a little bit. Um, but yeah, Butler's just a, a real solid veteran squad. Um, but like I said, I, I think at this point, the way things are going with the Friars, I see Monday night being a house of horrors. And I, I think the Friars are, gonna, are really going to roll in this one. Um, if they can just stick to this formula of playing lockdown defense and not putrid offense, <laughs> like, like I said, just play good defense and, you know, just don't be horrific on offense and you, you'll give your team a chance to win. And that's certainly what they've done uh, in the last four games. Um, you know, the fact that they're home, I think they'll be able to make more shots, um, you know, than they were able to at DePaul. And then, you know, they end up with 81 tonight, but they need overtime to get it. Um, I, I think shooting-wise, will be a little more comfortable at the dunk. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just expect that the game plan to just smother Baldwin and then let the other guys beat you. And if they, they do, so be it. Um, whereas in the game against Marquette, I was thinking... You know, just don't let Howard let Howard try and play hero ball and shut down other guys. And the Friars, for the most part, outside of Brandon Baylor, were able to do that. But in this one, I want them to lock down Kamara Baldwin. I think the rush should take care of itself. Um, should be a great game, though. Uh, even though I think it's going to be a blowout, uh, it'll be a great game to watch for us Friar fans. But um, I'm excited for it. Again, that is Friday, uh, 9 p.m. tip. At the dunk, the Friars will look to um, advance to 4-0 in league play. And then I think if they do that, now we really have the conversation of them being certainly back in the national picture and um, would put themselves in just an excellent spot to make the NCAA tournament. After, you know, three weeks ago, we thought that probably wouldn't have been a possibility. Uh, um, you know, if they get the win, they go to 4-0. Four, four that means they have 14 biggest games left. If you go 7-7 seven and seven in those, you end up with 11 league wins. And, um, you know, that should be enough to get them in, I, I would think. I would hope, at least. Um, but, 
Should be a great one. I hope you all get out to the game. Dunk should be loud. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for today's episode. Catch us next week. Week. Read the blog as well. Theprovincecrier.wordpress.com. I'm out. Have a good one, Friar Town. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh? Crossover, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Ho, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And you see me bumpin', so we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we takin' over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Crossover, I might throw the you. But they sleepin' on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah